compliment and some encouragement to start the show with with me your host the chief walrus your companion on your road to greatness and the speed mentor gavin wall now this is episode 165 and today we'll dive into a really important area of your life and business which is probably more difficult than usual um, to keep front and center in this global pandemic so today we're going to bring back to the front and center something which may have been lost in 2020s mayhem we're going to talk about vision about your grand vision. I'm just I'm going to start off actually with a, a dictionary definition of vision, which is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. So vision in this context is nothing to do, it's nothing to do with spec savers or vision express or your eyesight. A vision is a bright mental image of what you want your business to be at a future point in time basically based on your guerrilla goals and your hopes and your aspirations. It's about creating a vision which will give your business a clarity of purpose or a clear focus and will keep you headed in the right direction no matter what the world throws at you. Now, without it, you can be a rudderless boat going round in circles like a dog chasing its own tail. Now, I'll actually make a confession here and I'll tell you why we're talking about this in this particular episode. Now, as you know, I'm a huge goal setter. I've been setting Gorilla Goals for about 25 years now, and I've been chasing them down pretty effectively. Now, invariably, I deliver multi-million pound results in every industry that I've been in. But, and here's the, the, the twist, I've always ended up capped at that level. Now, I normally deliver a multi-million pound result in three years, maybe five years at the max, but by year seven, I'm a bit bored and I move on to the next industry and I rinse and repeat. Now, it's this stuff, it's pretty easy to deliver that multi-million pound stuff if you follow everything that I've been doing uh, or that I've been telling you in the last 160 uh, episodes that I've been preaching to you um, during. Now, that would be really significant success that I've described there for 99.9% of people. But of course, it's not for me. But I've been spending a lot of time analyzing whether this repeat behavior is a strength or whether this cycle is due to a weakness inherent in me and if I can identify it in me and then maybe help you to identify some of those traits in yourself. Now the reason I need to dissect and understand this better is because my current journey is to create as you know 10 billion of value in 10 years through the change and that's not going to happen if I end up doing a multi-million pound cycle in five years and then fucking off after seven to go and do something else and, and Andrew wouldn't be happy either with that, to be fair. Now, so I need to, I'm going to have to give a shout out here to someone else who helped diagnose um, this little issue that we're going to look at today. And we are going to see how I can help you with it also. He's a very close watcher of my content and output and his name is Cairn Hockey. Cairn Hockey, CEO and founder, lives down in Dublin, founder of uh, Rocket Tribe. So check him out on LinkedIn, founder of Rocket Tribe, and he triggered this little period of self-analysis in me that I'm then going to use to help you. Now, you see, Kieran contacted me out of the blue to say, Gavin, I can see that you have an internal struggle going on. Hmm, 
I didn't even wasn't even aware of it myself. He says, you've maybe outgrown where you've been, but you haven't reset your vision properly to the next level. Now, he used an analogy, and I think it was something like uh, if, when Roy Keane was surrounded by the Irish management team in Saipan or by the players at Ipswich, which he managed there, and they sort of weren't at his level. Now, I'll never have the abilities of Roy Keane, so I'm hugely flattered by what Kieran has said, but Kieran felt that he could see. And the other thing I will say is that um, Roy Keane's inability to manage the players at Ipswich up to his level was Roy's problem and not the players' problem. So I'll just put that out there, but I understand the Saipan one. Uh, but Kieran felt that there was a conflict recently in my LinkedIn posting, uh, rather than the usual consistency of messaging that I have over there on LinkedIn. And I went away and I thought about this a lot, and I mean a lot. I thought about this really deeply. And I thought about little else actually for a few days. Uh, and Kieran also usefully sent me a YouTube video. So he wasn't just pinging me a message, he actually sent me a YouTube video by Fishin Lakiani, who's the founder and CEO of Mind Valley. So check out Fishin, he's really good. Uh, um, and Mind Valley is an educational movement. And by the way, I'm not connected with it. This is not a promo. I'm just letting you know. It's an educational movement in the field of personal transformation. Uh, and he's also the author of The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Now, um, their Quest platform, so Mind Valley's Quest platform, has been rolled out into many of the Fortune 500 companies and into leading schools also. Now, what did I learn about all of that, about Kieran reaching out and giving me that indication and listening to the stuff by Vision? Well, between Kieran's thoughts and Vision's, what I realised was that I was, I was maybe railing against some of the smaller mindsets in Northern Ireland. Some of those mindsets that create the handbrake that's keeping this place from being a truly global leader. Now, my mission is to turn the change into Northern Ireland's leading VC whilst dragging the ecosystem of VCs and startups here into the 21st century. But the truth is, the truth is that many of the people who are in the ecosystem aren't interested in that. And they're happy with the status quo because they've got their little bit of land, you know, and they're going to protect that. And in truth, that's probably fine. I shouldn't be too worried about that. But being the number one VC in Northern Ireland isn't a vision. It's, it's just an opportunity. It's not actually a vision. It actually shouldn't be a targeted truth as the venture ecosystem here is largely state run given the lack of enterprise or was here due to the troubles, etc. So I shouldn't be spending time hemming myself into the lane here too much. So whilst the goal of 10 billion of value in 10 years is clear, there's a conflict on my vision vis-a-vis -vis sort of Northern Ireland versus what's really required to be a player on the world stage. Uh, on the one hand, I want to create something truly global, but the frustrations of how difficult it can be to manifest that change locally may be showing through in the stuff that Kieran's seen on, on LinkedIn, and maybe that's where the Roy Keane stuff comes in. You know, he wins Champions Leagues, and, and then he's, you know, there isn't enough training kit to go around. So that, and that type of thing. But anyway, by the way, I'm not having a go at anyone or any organisation here locally. It's just the natural point of where Northern Ireland is in its history in relation to enterprise and venture capital, given all the problems we've had in the past. Now, interestingly, it has been COVID-19 which has forced myself and the change into a much wider horizon as we look globally rather than just locally. But what I feel to do is to leave the, the, the restraints or the frictions that I have with the lack of a local VC market behind as I cast towards a vision of creating a truly global player.
Now, my vision must be every day on the global vision. So start with the global vision and then that will percolate back down into Northern Ireland. Now, that doesn't mean, as I say, I'm not seeking to transform Northern Ireland, but it means that I'll not get caught up in the irritations that are evident in what's on offer here. Now, the reason that no one has broken down the barriers here is that they're too caught up in the grind of what happens in this tiny population of 1.8 million people. Now, my vision must be a shadow um, that's cast far beyond these shores um, if I'm going to succeed and not be that multi-million pound venture that peters out after five years before I head off into another industry, which no doubt I can go and do the same in again. Now, I have a great example of this recently, that wee sort of rub or that wee frustration. Um, I, I, I attended, I was attending a, a, an event hosted by the BVCA, the British Venture Capital Association. It's a sort of trade body for our industry, venture capital industry. And it's really, really good, by the way. And I was speaking to someone locally and telling them that we joined and I, that I'd been to an event and I really enjoyed it and I made some good connections. And, and this person's in the VC industry too here. And they said that they wouldn't spend the money on joining BVCA. Now, firstly... BBCA gives you introductory rates. This isn't an ad for the BBCA, I'm just telling you. BBCA gives you introductory rates, and if you were going to speak to them, they would let you know that, so it's not a massive spend in your first year once you get to know them. Um, but uh, you don't need to have, and you don't need to have a global vision to be in the BBCA. You just need to have an interest in being more than a parochial player here in Northern Ireland. Now, the great news is that a month later, that particular person then joined the BBCA. Now, the global vision that we had shared with them, persuaded them to change their mindset. Now, that may lead to long-term competition, obviously, for the change. But if you want to be the leader in a thriving marketplace, you welcome that competition. And I'm 100% sure, to be honest, that we can learn a lot more from them as well, as they are really good people. And by us helping lift them, they will in turn lift us. Now, you have to be a part. So... That vision that was shared, that global vision that we shared with them, that actually raised their ship. And in truth, I want to be the tide that raises all the friggin' ships. So in summary, whilst I want to transform Northern Ireland, I hope I'm making this clear, whilst I want to transform Northern Ireland forever, it's my global vision which will do that, not getting caught up in the irritations of the local ecosystem. Now, you see, in the last month, since I've let the handbrake off with my vision with the help of care and ambition, I let myself get out of my lane a bit more and wander wherever the fuck I want to park my oversized vision, I have actually started to attract more of the right people into my orbit. Like, like literally, half a dozen big players are now saying, from outside these shows are now saying, wow, what the fuck of the boot in the water in Belfast? This guy is bringing it and we want some of that. So that's the background to this episode. What do we need to do to translate that into your life and your business? Now, what straight jacket have you got on yourself? What handbrake have you got on yourself? Who are the anchors and wankers that are holding you back in that little bit of grit in your own ecosystem? All your small goals also. The small goals sometimes can hold you back when you're creating a truly amazing global vision. Now, I worry that too many of you are thinking, I don't need to do this vision piece. It's just a waste of time. We're in the middle of a freaking pandemic. Uh, just, you know, I just have to get through day to day. I have to make sure I turn up every day just to keep afloat. And keeping afloat is enough of a result. 
listen, if you're thinking that, if, if you're just trying to manage 2 or 3% growth in the face of a global pandemic, what's the freaking point of it all? Forget about the 2 or 3% growth. That's where people are going wrong. Get rid of those small goals. Think about your vision. This is the greatest moment of opportunity for more than a decade. The winners in the 2020s are those who take their time right now, take their time out right now and set their vision and double down on it. Now, I mean, we all know this. Airbnb, Uber, Amazon, even Facebook were all huge winners from the 2008 crash and they rose from the ashes of the financial wipeout. Now, some of those actually, interestingly, may not survive. I'm thinking, I'll not even mention them. Some of them may not survive because of the pandemic. And it's a totally different type of crash. But we all know that Zoom and remote learning and Amazon are all going to be huge winners against us again this time. We know this. But what are you doing to create your vision statement? Have you taken actually time out of the ground to sketch it out, to design a sprint, to do a sprint with your team, a design sprint as we like to do in the change? You need to have a standard, a metric against which everything you do within your business is measured. The vision is your north star that thing will guide you through the fog now let me take a few examples this is just something that's that's come up uh, into my orbit recently uh, say you're a more uh, a bricks and mortar business okay now it's likely and um, that you're having a really difficult time and uh, throughout the the lockdowns the circuit breakers the fire breakers whatever the hell they're being called these days and i realize that this message won't be for everyone as many businesses will not survive and look, I have been there. I've been totally wiped out, so I understand. But there'll be others who, if they have a vision, they know what their plan is, they can actually achieve outsized success, oversized success. Now, I've been speaking to this, this one particular person um, in the last week or two who's doubling down a bricks and mortar business, but who's doubling down agreeing multiple new locations for absolute peanuts, for peanuts, on leases of up to 15 years in length. Now, landlords want tenants and they'll go, uh, and the landlords will go under if they don't have someone paying the rates and the service charge. It's actually an opportunity for the brave. Now, he's also getting acquisitive uh, and considering buying up smaller, a couple of smaller competitors who don't have the same vision um, and are actually prepared to exit at this time because of the pressure. Now, the CEO is speaking to their landlords, getting agreement on rent reductions or rent waivers um, to see if the acquisitions can work. Now, he's been offered some premises totally rent-free just for the landlord to have um, good draws in their particular shopping centres at their locations. Now, all of this comes because of the vision of the CEO. He's done his vision piece. I asked him, was he factoring in the risk of a, a longer COVID pandemic and it all blowing up in his face? And he said, yes, he was. But he wants to be the world leader in the space and he can tolerate a level of risk to achieve his vision. Now, by the way, he's also pursuing a multi-channel approach. It's not just about bricks and mortar. Um, he's partnering with new commercial partners. He's developed a new digital channel um, uh, 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 route to market. Um, that he would never have developed if it hadn't been for the pandemic. And that new channel, that new route, that digital channel is growing exponentially. In fact, the business is actually now seeing year on year growth, despite the bricks and mortar side of the business being down significantly. That's all come about because of his vision. Now, to be uh, the world leader, 
when the first lockdown came around, just going to go back to something here. When the first lockdown came around, the changes roadshow, we had roadshow plans to head around Europe. They went out the window. Our launch event was gone out the window too. But we had created the vision about the 10 billion. Now, although technically that's a goal, a guerrilla goal rather than a vision. I created the, the vision. And in fact, we doubled down on that goal and that vision. Uh, and we went even bigger. We were doing a 10 million pound fund um, just before the pandemic. That's what threw me there. Doing 10 million pound fund. And the pandemic, rather than saying going, oh, we're going to do a 1 million pound fund now because of the pandemic and we can't do our launch event and we can't um, do our tour around Europe, etc. for raising. We actually said, fuck it. We're going 50 million. So if we are to create our 10 billion of value in 10 years, we have to go a 50 million fund rather than a 10 million fund. And that um, scale of thought is actually paying huge, huge dividends. Now, the question for you is, are you brave enough? Are you brave enough to instead of saying, oh, we had a 10 million goal, uh, we'll bring it down to one. Are you brave enough to push it from 10 to 50? Do you have the vision to see the pandemic as an opportunity? Now, the old ways are gone. Stop holding. I can see too many business people holding on to the old ways. Take some time to create your vision. Take it out of the grind. Take a day or two out of the grind to create your vision and do it with your team. Now, I, I, can, I can almost hear your cogs going. Some of you are afraid to do it. Some of you are afraid to do this. And it's not just about taking a day or two out of the actual grind. I'll tell you what's wrong. I'll tell you why you're afraid to do it. You don't want to take the time. Here's three three reasons. You don't want to take the time to sketch out your vision because it's going to be too fucking small. That's why you don't want you don't because there's no point in you taking the time out because you're going to sketch out a vision that's too fucking small. That's the first reason you don't want to do it. The second reason is you're afraid that if you take the time out to create a vision that you won't have the balls to sell it to others. So I just mentioned there we went from 10 million to 50 million fund size. I have to go out and sell that now in the, in the midst of a global pandemic. And I think, I can hear your cogs going, that you won't have the balls to go and sell your vision to others because it's greater than what you're talking about at the minute. Or thirdly, you will not commit to it because it's easier to just do the things the way that you've always done them. It's just easier. It's a point of less resistance. Those are the three reasons that you're not going to do it. Okay. That's a wee bit of tough love there. A wee bit of tough love. But go and think about it. Play those three back. And what I want to do here, I want to cajole you. I almost want to shame you. But hopefully persuade you into creating a vision statement. It's too easy not to do it. So if you've got to the point that you're interested in creating your vision, what should you be putting in it? And here's six points that I'd recommend that you put in it. Firstly, keep it short and simple, detailing what your business done. In fact, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of other businesses that have done it. So an example of what your business does. Here's Tesla's. Or do you know what I should have said? I should have said, here's, I shouldn't have told you Tesla. Gavin, you need to get better at this. <laughs> I said, so here, here's a vision statement uh, to create the most compelling electric car company of the 21st century. To create the most compelling electric car company of the 21st century. Now, if I hadn't have told you what car company it was, and I just said what the vision statement was, you'd have known right away that it wasn't BMW, it wasn't Mercedes, um, probably wasn't even Porsche. You'd have you'd have guessed Tesla immediately. Isn't that right? I wish I, wish I hadn't done it. 
Uh, I wish I hadn't told you about company, but that just shows you now it's not time bound. Now the Tesla one, uh, well, it is. It is time bound. It's time bound to the twenty first century. That shows the scale of the vision, and it has a it has a bit of drama in there, like Elon Musk. It has a bit of drama, and it's not just about being the best. It's about being the most compelling, and it does what it says on the tin. It's about electric cars. So that's an absolutely fantastic one. Now, the next one, I'm not going to tell you what brand it is. I'm just going to say um, what the missions, uh, the vision statement is. Uh, and it's to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. To bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Which company is that? You're right. It's Nike. It's Nike. There's nothing in there about selling shoes, about selling a few tops. It's all about the vision. Now, there's no time-bound element on that, which I, I prefer a time-bound element. Um, but apart from that, it's absolutely beautiful. So, seriously, you see what you got to do with the stuff. It's the big boulders. And you see when you do it, the beauty about it is, you see when you do the vision statement, you can use it in all your marketing. All your marketing's done and dusted. You've actually got the narrative for your marketing. So that's number one. Number two, give it an horizon, a future time frame. Tesla have done that. Um, although Nike didn't, but I say give it an horizon, a time frame. So um, that's the second one. Number three, it must be of such scale that it scares the shit out of you. Bigger, the bigger and bolder, the better. And as I told you, your marketing will be done if you actually craft this. Number four, get your team to believe and to help you drive it forward. So you've got to get the buy-in from your team and get them to help you drive it forward. Uh, number five, it must inspire you. It must inspire your team. It must inspire your customers that they want to be part of what you're doing and they want you to conquer it. They want you to be the best. And if you do this, you can be a beacon of hope for every single one of them. And number six, go and review um, some of the vision statements by other companies. That's a, that's a sick thing I would do. Go and, and view. Now, yours will be crafted to yourself. Uh, but go and review those of other companies to give you a bit of a hand to formulate that. So th there you have it. There's six things. Those who manage to lift themselves from the grind of the pandemic and do this vision piece will be those who will thrive in the next five years or so. They have to change. We have to create 10 billion of value in 10 years and we invest in, in people with potential to change the world. Those are two things that we have uh, as vision statement stroke goals. Now we like these, but we've just instructed someone to help us create another vision piece target towards what we're going to do for founders. Another piece, piece uh, and founders to some extent are one side of our customers and obviously our investors are others, but um, to create a vision piece targeted towards our founders. So we're going to go on this again ourselves. Now, we're going to achieve our vision and I want you to achieve yours too. Now, a quick update actually about the change. I'm going to sprinkle an update in every single episode now. Because um, I'm denying you the weekly episodes and we've gone to monthly because of all the stuff that's happening with the change. Now, a quick update on the change. Uh, we're in a great place. The team a team is actually now growing to nine people. I don't know if I've told you that. I'm not exactly sure how that happened all so quickly. And it's maybe a bit scary as we're still pre-revenue. So we've a lot of mouths to feed. Um, but we're a crack unit now and we're so close to being revenue generating that we just need to keep believing in what we're doing. Now, I think, and the vision piece helps with that, I think we should be making our first three or four investments over the coming months. And I'll let you know right here. Um, you'll be the first to know as you've supported me all the way along this journey. Now, don't forget to bless me with a subscription to the podcast and maybe even treat me to a review if you think I've added value to your to your own 
entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial journey. And here's actually somebody who has blessed me with a review, uh, which I got from a listener who's applied. He's now actually applied for citizenship of Walrus Island. And with a review like this, he might just jump to the head of the queue. It's so good. Now, it's a five-star review from a guy called Enda Breslin. Enda Breslin, who's currently living out in Spain. And uh, he's clearly harking back for a, a bit of the homeland because the review goes like this. Uh, I'll start the review now. The David Faherty for non-golfers. The David Faherty for non-golfers. Or something you won't have a clue what this is about. Very entertaining podcast with humour, but also a solid underlying message worth noting down and referring back to until the next podcast comes out. Uh, and then repeat the process. For golfers, Gavin's style is like that of fellow Northern Irish man, David Faherty, and he's given me a wee smiley emoji. So thanks, Enda. That's a great review. As a former golfer and a fan of David Faherty's, that's one I'll cherish. He has a beard. He's from Northern Ireland. He's bringing it large in the United States. He's a bit of humour, not afraid to laugh at himself. And people actually love him. I would like a wee bit of that too. So that, thank you very much for the, the David Faherty comparison. And you can go and check him out if you're not a golf fan and you don't know who he is. He also had some good success as a golfer as well. Not quite on Rory McIlroy's level, but he, didn't, he wasn't bad. But he has a long journey of a career that's absolutely fantastic. Anyway, that's our lot for this episode. And you know what I'm going to say next. You know this stuff is true. You can ignore it or you can fucking well do something about it. It's your choice. 